to Galatians chapter five. You need a Bible in your hands. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one close under the chair in front of you. Um, we, don't, we don't put our, our main scripture, if you will, on the screen, and that's just to force you to look at your own uh, Bible. And if you don't have one, we'd be glad to give you one. We want everyone to have the word of God. We want you to be able to investigate the word uh, as I'm communicating, as preaching, uh, as we're teaching uh, from the word. So Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to dive in. Father, we're here for you. Even as we just sang a song describing the event where you took us from a life of separation, where we were orphans and apart from you. And we had a spirit of brokenness on us heaviness and darkness and you gave us life you gave us a family you made us your own therefore we want to stand under the mighty truth of that we want that to come alive to us we want to know who we are and we want to know who you are that's why we're here. I ask that you describe and show us that. Would you make us ready? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm, I'm going to preach in a minute promise. But we have something to show you. There we go. Because you look so fine that I really wanna make you mine.
I'm going to do a little poll here. Ladies, how many of you could have possibly gotten your spouse to even remotely do anything like that? Raise your hand. All right. Okay, there's a few. All right. Men, how many of you could have had your wives do something like that? Yeah? So it seemed like there are a few more crazy wives than there are husbands in here. Okay. All right. How many of you would call yourselves dancers? Like you could dance. I want to see it. Now, you need to be bold about this. Who can dance? Oh, gosh. This has to happen at our church at some point in time. We got to make this happen. Okay. How many of you just, just got to own it? You're just, you are movement challenged. Okay. It's about half and half. So, yeah. So we're going to have a new river prom at some point in time just to see how this thing goes. All right. I, it, whether you are movement challenged or whether you consider yourself a dancer, or whether you think you're crazy enough to go do something like that, or you thought, I would never do anything like that at all. What we can all agree on is it takes a lot of work and prep to put together a choreographed dance like that. And it's pretty awesome when you see something like that, even for a fun young couple like that. Have, has any, have anybody seen um, uh, Lord of the Dance? Do y'all know what that is? Lord, does anyone know, know, know what Lord of the Dance is? Michael Flatley? Anybody, anybody know the, the tap? You guys are like, I kind of, I don't know, I think. You know the guy that they all, it's like 100 people tapping at the exact same time. You're seeing anything like that? We've all seen, we've, here, everybody has seen some kind of choreographed dance, two people or 10 people or 30 people or whatever it is. And you see them when they do that in unison and it, you feel how amazing it is for people to be able to stay in step with each other. There's a ton of work that actually goes into uh, a choreographed movement where everybody is in step with each other. What Paul is going to say in this scripture to the Galatian church, and I'd say what the Holy Spirit is going to say to every one of us is that same idea of staying in step uh, with each other in a dance. Paul's going to look at us and he's going to say, hey, you and I were meant to stay in step with the Holy Spirit of God. He's gonna paint that picture. If you will, look at Galatians chapter five, verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Pictures being painted here is there is a partnership. I want you to hear this. There is a partnership of movement in life. There is an intentional movement of the Holy Spirit. And what Paul is beckoning the church into is that partnership, that choreographed, where there's one person that is doing the leading and we come into alignment with the movement or the, if you will, the intentional step that's being taken. Now, Here's the good news. You can be amazingly uh, dancing or movement challenged and you can be a part of this, okay? You don't have to be a good dancer uh, to, to connect with this truth. And so there is one key step that Paul is gonna give to the church about how we stay in step with the Spirit. So if you will, how do we follow the movement the step of the Holy Spirit. How do we come into alignment and connection with that? There's one way that we do that, and here's what he's gonna say. You have to be free to do it. You have to be free to do it. I want you to back up a few verses and look at Galatians chapter five, but look at verse one. Look at what he says. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So here's what he's saying. Listen, Christ died and went to the cross and into the grave and then out alive. Listen, he did that to set you and I free. But here's the problem. We can be totally and utterly and completely free, but not live free. I'm going to say this. If you've called on the name of Jesus for life, for hope, for truth, for 
freedom. Call on him, say, take my sin and my brokenness. I recognize that I don't have this life figured out and I'm in need of you. And we make that exchange. He puts his spirit inside of us. He declares us to be completely and utterly new creations. And he sets us free. But it's one thing to be set free. It's an entirely different thing to live that way. I want to just say this. If you are in Christ, listen to me. You are free. And if free, free to move. Free to be in step with the Spirit to experience the abundant life that God has designed for every one of us. But just because you are free doesn't mean you're living free. And this is what Paul is talking to the church about. He said, listen, you're free, but that doesn't mean you're walking. In fact, what he says here is, listen... Christ on purpose set you free, but here's the problem. You find yourself submitting over and over and over to a yoke of slavery. So you are free, but somehow, some way, the enemy and, and what we're going to talk about this morning is our flesh has found us in bondage to continuing to live in a broken way. And I just want to submit to you that the Spirit of God is eager and ready to be active in you, to take what is true of you, which is this, that you are free, and to help you live that way, to live out of that truth, to live out of that reality. This is what God wants to do in each one of us. If, if I, let me put it this way. If, if I took you back to the dancing analogy, let me take you back here. Uh, you can go to a dance. Listen, what is the biggest obstacle? What is the biggest obstacle to actually enjoying or having a good time at a dance? What's the biggest obstacle? Now, you think it's this. The, the biggest obstacle to you enjoying a dance is you don't know how to dance. That's the, we feel like that's the biggest obstacle. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm really good at it. I don't know, you know. I mean, really, let's be honest. A dance is just one big moment for everybody to judge everybody. Basically, that's what that is. That's all it is, right? Uh, one way or another. And so we think that the biggest obstacle to actually enjoying or having life and, and, and at, at a dance is, is not being able to dance. But I just want to be honest with you. That's not the biggest obstacle. All right? It's not the biggest obstacle because when you go to a dance... Everybody loves the guy that can't dance, but he's putting himself out there, giving it everything he's got, right? See, what we actually love is people being free to dance, even if you're bad at it, right? That's what everybody loves the guy that's horrible at dancing, but he's out there giving it everything he's got. And we're all like, we're laughing and we're talking about, it. in fact, after the dance is over, all we remember is the crazy guy who doesn't know how to dance, but he was so free, he was actually dancing. He was the one that was willing to get out there. And the reason that he was willing to get out there is because he had this thought in mind. I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. If you will, let me use the church term. I ain't gonna submit to that yoke of slavery. I'm gonna get out there and get my jig on. This is what he's thinking. That's what he's saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and I'm going to be free because I can. Because I'm not worried about what people's judgments are about me or I'm not worried about the lie over me. And what, we're willing, what the guy's willing to do is to get out there and be free. Now, listen, you might not be the crazy person who gets out. In the middle. You might be the wallflower, okay? If that's you, you're the wallflower. You be the wallflower, all right? You get your, you know, up, on, you know, up against the wall. You do your thing, Okay. That's fine. But what I want us to understand, I think, from this scripture is, listen, Christ died to set us completely free from sin and shame. He came to remove those things off of us and to give us a new way of operating, a new identity, a new thought process for how we live. And what he more than anything wants us to do is take hold of that which he did for us and to live out of it, to be free, to not stand under 
a heaviness any longer, but to stand up. Now here, here's the key. It takes the spirit of God to live free. It takes the Holy Spirit of God for us to begin to live free. And what Paul is saying is here, here is it's time to get to living. It's time for us to stand and fight for truth and to not submit any longer. Here's what he'll say in verse 16. If, if you will, you can look there with me. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here's, here's this. Here's the battle that's taking place. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And they're opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Now, there it is. So he says, listen, don't submit any longer to the, that yoke of slavery. Meaning you, you've been made free, so don't go back, but step into or stand in or walk with the Spirit of God. And here's what's gonna, here's what you will feel. There is a battle between the Spirit of God and the old way of living, our flesh. And it's rising up and they're opposing each other to keep us from doing what you want to do. Now, here's the question. What do you want? What do you want to do? When it asks that, when it says that, what do you want? Now here, I can tell you, I can tell myself, I know what we want. We want to experience true love. We want to feel joy warming us from the inside out. We want peace in our hearts, no matter what circumstance we're walking through. We want patience to cover the way that we live and interact with people. We want to be, we want kindness to flow out of us and in our relationships. We want to be faithful people of our word. When we say something, we do it or we follow through. When it talks about what we want, listen, it's, it, it, there is no shortage of an understanding of what is common to every human. These are the things that we want. And the good news is this. Look at verse 22. Here, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Here's what the scripture's saying. The thing that you wanna do, he just says it, the, the thing that you wanna do, there's something that's opposing that flesh is rising up against the things that you want. The thing that you wanna do is the spirit. Everything that you and I want in our lives to be loved, to feel joy, to have peace. It happens in and from a person, the Holy Spirit. If you hung out in church for, for a long time, we tend to think of if this scripture as the fruit of the Spirit, as if these are the things that are given to you that you get from the Spirit of God. You get, you get these are little things that he gifts you with and but that's not the indication from Scripture. What it's saying is, this is who the Holy Spirit is. When we stay in step with the Spirit of God, everything that you want, you get. The idea here is that when you go to the dance with the Holy Spirit, to stay in step with Him, to walk with Him, He's the answer to the cry of our heart. Love, joy, peace, all of those things, they are in 
him, that when we stay in step with him, we become like him and we begin to experience who he is and we become full of peace and love and joy and patience and everything. And we find this war going on inside of all of us. And here's the battle. Will we live again by the flesh or will we have the spirit of God come and stay in step with him? And this is the cosmic battle. That's it. Will we dance? Will we stay in step with the spirit and see all the things that we've ever wanted in our lives come to fruition? That's the indication. That's what we see here. That's the point or the picture that Paul is painting for us. We all have these places. We all have these wrestles and struggles. And so will we come out into the things that we want want to do or will we find ourselves struggling, beaten back by the work of the flesh? Look at, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to read on. Look at verse 18. Galatians chapter five, verse 18. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality or impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. These things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the fruit of walking with the Spirit is everything you want. Everything you've ever hoped for. Everything you want to experience in this life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So this is the picture that's being painted. This is what's uh, being set before us is, listen, Christ died to make us free. Here's the question. Are we, are we actually walking in the freedom that we have to be able to live out what God has designed us for? And what Paul is pointing to is, the only way that we begin to step into it is by staying in step with the Spirit of God. And that as we stay in step with Him, He is the answer. He brings love, joy, peace, and all of those things. That's who He is and that's what He does. And so the question is this. How? How do we stay in step with the Spirit of God? How do we begin to do this dance, if you will? How do we begin to step with him and move with him? That as he leads, we take a step. And as he moves this direction, we follow him. How does that begin to happen? And what he's going to show us is, listen, it's possible. But we've got to be, be willing to go there with him. First of all, we, have to be, we just have to be categorically willing to embrace the fight. Embrace the fight. Meaning this, there's a fight going on and, and no one is uh, exempt from this fight. No one's exempt. There's a flesh and there's a, there's a spirit and they are fighting for supremacy in us. So listen, the struggle is real. All right, the struggle is real. All right, say this with me. The struggle is real. Struggle is real. We struggled to even say that together. All right, the struggle is real, okay? Meaning this, every one of us is going to be confronted with the work of the flesh. Now, this is true of every person. Now, Jesus himself, I want you to hear this, had to go to war with the flesh. Meaning this, when Jesus came into this life, he was, of course, fully God, yet fully man. His divinity was completely suspended. Philippians tells us this, did not walk as God on this earth, but was fully a man. 
and that he lived his life submitted completely to the Lord. In fact, you can look at John chapter 5, 19. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus' own words. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So here we have the picture of Jesus himself saying, listen, I don't, I don't live out of what I wanna do, but I come into submission to what my father wants to do. Now hear this, everything that Jesus, listen, everything that Jesus did, everything he did in this life, all his miracles, all the powerful truth that he communicated, everything that he did, listen, he did by the power of the spirit. And the same spirit that he lived in is available to us. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. What we know from scripture is that, as I said, Jesus did not operate as God on this life. He was fully man, but fully submitted. He would not do anything of his own accord, but he only did what he saw the father doing, lived completely and utterly obedient to the Lord. Meaning this, that this dance, this dance that we do is completely founded on the ability to trust and obey. And I want to just say this, obey is a four letter word in our culture. The idea of obedience, of having to be submitted to someone else, someone else getting to call the shots. I want you to hear this. The most obedient man on the face of the planet was Jesus Christ. Most obedient one that has ever lived was Jesus, fully submitted. And then an amazing thing happens, that he puts his trust in God, trusts God to go on the journey, to, if you will, stay in step with the Spirit, and that what he finds is, is that there's moments for him to take up something in the flesh, and he comp- and he, he releases it. In fact, uh, Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, it's possible if you, as you read this scripture, it just might mess with your theology just a little bit. Because here's the picture. You have Jesus who's totally submitted to God, being led by God, by his Holy Spirit, into a place to be confronted with this war, flesh and the spirit. Jesus goes out there and his flesh has every opportunity to to do what it wants to do, all right? In every way, in the same way that you and I experience it. He's in, if you will, in that moment, willing to walk right into the struggle. And he has that moment where, and uh, uh, there's three different kinds of temptations that the enemy brings to him. And each moment, he gives himself over to the Lord. He says, listen, I'm not walking by the flesh, but I'm submitting myself to the Father. Every one of us experiences, if you will, every one of us experiences the struggle. When I say the struggle is real, what I mean is this. We all have those things, moments, places in our lives where we're battling against the the old way, if you will, of living, pulling us in. In fact, if you go back to that list, uh, uh, the list that I just read out that we saw in in Galatians chapter 5, Every one of us can identify in some way, form, or fashion with those things, pulling on us, places. I'll just use one that's common to us, right? Jealousy. If you just think about, like, real practically what's, what's happening, right? There's that moment that comes. We've all been there. There's that moment that comes where we're sitting there, and you hear and you feel the weight. Man. My life would be so much better if I was just like her, if I had her life. If I had the things, or if I had the, the abilities, if I had the job that he had. And we feel the way you feel those, that thing pulling on you, right? 
And there's that moment. When I talk about the struggle is real, there's that moment to pick something up internally in our hearts, in our minds. We can sit there in that moment and allow the flesh to come up. But what Paul says is, listen, you've been made free. And you can sit in that moment and allow jealousy to work its way. In fact, it, it feels good sometimes to the flesh to sit in that moment and to allow those things to play out in our mind or we can come over and stand in the weight, the power of God and go, everything I need, God has given lavishly to me. I can come over here and sit under the weight of the thing that kills me, that drives me in frustration, keeps me broken, disappointed, or, or I can come in here out of the flesh and into the spirit and say, what do you have to say to me? And see the spirit of God call us up into that place there's not one person in here that isn't facing significant challenges in some way. Every one of us all the time facing new trials, new mountains every day. You're not the only one going through that fire. In fact, we're all going through that fire. You're not the only one that's having some marital problems. You're not the only one that's having some things, issues with your kiddos. You're not the only one that might be suffering from hurt or disappointment or rejection. In fact, that's common to all of us. And all of those things pull us right into that place to sit under the weight of the flesh, the old way of living. And there's this call from Paul to say, come up out of that place and live free. Where we aren't bound in chains to feel broken and alone and hurt and disappointed, but we're made alive, able to come up and breathe and look to the future in God for all that he has for us. Every one of those things beckons us to try to pick up the old thing and to run with it. But a spirit-filled life says, listen, I'm not, I don't want to submit. Listen, I want to obey the word of God in my life and walk in it. I want to obey what he has for me. I want to embrace the fact that there's a fight going on and I don't want to go back to the old way of living. And so what do we do when we find ourselves in that moment? And I love what the scripture says. The way I put it is this, listen, you got to murder the old feels. which that you won't find that phrase in the Bible anywhere, but it's, and in fact, it might be a little bit blunt, but here's, here's what it says. Look at, I want you to look for, your own, for yourself at the Bible. Galatians chapter five, verse 24. Here's what he says. Hey, those of you who belong to Jesus, you crucify that flesh, its passions and its desires. Now, I want to, let's just be honest. Life happens fast. We live in a world where we're, we're facing decisions and everything can be going okay. And then all of a sudden the kids are insane and the anger is rising up. And I might just be maybe exposing myself for a little bit, you know, where impatience or anger or whatever can rise up for a moment. And here's what the, this scripture is saying. Listen, hey, you belong to Jesus. You've been given life and power to kill the old thing, to crucify the old thing. So I'm standing in that moment. I can walk in the thing that feels good in the moment, that thing that I'm used to, to gratify the desires of the flesh. Or if I can, by the grace of God, take that breath and say, God, give me power and strength to overcome. And I take the sword of the spirit, if you will, and I stab that flesh in the heart 
and say, I don't have to live that way anymore. I don't have to. In fact, I think one of the most amazing things, I think one of the most powerful things we get to see in this life is the freedom to actually obey the Lord and find that in our obedience is life. I don't know if you ever have experienced this or maybe even just read every act or every step of obedience that we're being called to, every place where we're asked to obey the Lord and to walk with his spirit. Listen, every last command leads to life. Every last one of them leads to a place of hope, joy, patience. All of it, it leads to the things that we want to do. So how do we go about killing the flesh? And I just, I'm so thankful for things like Ephesians 5. Here's what it says. You want to know how to kill the flesh? You just drag it into the light. You want to know how to just stab the flesh? Just drag it into the light. <laughs> uh, I, I can't even, I may have said this before. One of, the, uh, one of the great things my wife's helped me see. And one of the great things that I probably struggle with the most, in fact, if you want the struggle is real from the pastor, is I want to play like I'm the pastor who has it figured out all the time. I don't want my kids to know that I got problems or that I have issues or flesh. I don't, I, I try to act, uh, I try to act like I always have it always, I always have it figured out.